on this week's episode of the Talking Bear Football Podcast, recorded October 25th, 2020. We recap the Bears' season-ending loss to Minneapolis, check out other playoff action, and much, much more. It is with deep deep regret I inform you all that the season for the West Branch football team in 2020 is officially over on the field. Talking Bear Football Podcast. Right here on westbranchfootball.com. This will be the last episode for this year. Hopefully coming back next year. We'll see what the world brings by then. You never know. 2020 might say, sorry, Talking Bear Football Podcast. It's over. You're done, but I hope not. Unfortunately, guys, like I said, the team, West Branch, the season is over. 20-13, to 13, Mediapolis defeated West Branch in the round of 32, which it wasn't officially the playoffs. It was the postseason, but losing, you don't get a participation trophy or a banner saying you made it. You just played eight games, and that was the end of it. So what are just some of your first thoughts? Go ahead, rapid fire. Frustration, disappointment, and just hurt for the guys in general. I mean, I think this was a team that was really coming on at the end of the year. We'd been playing oh so well, and I know that, I mean, they were locked in, they were focused, they were ready to go, but for whatever reason, that first quarter, quarter and a half, it just, it seemed like the things that we hadn't done or had done very little of all just kind of piled on top of each other. And I mean, this just, it it was a team wide thing between maybe some missed blocks, some drop passes, just other mental miscues. I mean, it wasn't just, Oh, one player or one position had this, that, or the other thing. It was just kind of that first quarter working back in coming off of a bye week. And, you know, at that point, when you do that against a really good Mediapolis team, you find yourself in a 14 to nothing hole. And, I think after that 95-yard touchdown, we played really well. We outplayed Mediapolis. I mean, the only points that we gave up were when we gave them that touchdown at the end to give ourselves a chance. But um, it was just one of those that, you know, it was frustrating to see because I think if we could have kept those, even cut two or three of those mistakes out early on, you know, a couple of those mental lapses, Maybe we're looking at a completely different ball game, but um, unfortunately, you know, all that work, everything that goes into this season with who knows if we're even going to play. Now it's a short season. Now we play six straight road games, but we still come through. We win our last four. We share the district title, and then it just comes crashing down at the end. And you know, just you feel bad for these guys, knowing that. They've been doing so much over these last five or six weeks, especially, but over the last 12 months in particular, that, you know, to see it just come to an end a little bit earlier than we had anticipated. But at the same time, tip your cap because that's a pretty good Mediapolis football team that we lost to. Agreed, Matt. I, one of my favorite things to say, unfortunately, this time it sort of maybe describes the the West Branch uh, football team from beginning to end of that game. It was a confluence of events. Yeah, and, you know, the Bears really, 
they were in that game. That game was theirs. Everything was right in front of them for the taking. They just couldn't, you know, put two and two together to uh, get in the end zone and score points. I mean, it. I mean, just looking at stats. I mean, if you just look at just one thing: five forced tor- turnovers for the Bears defense. That's pretty hard to lose that <laughs> a game when you do that type of thing. Um, but yeah, just just a lot of missed opportunities, um, things that just didn't go quite correctly compounded on top of each other and, and resulted in a loss and, and, a, you know, I would say an early exit from the, from the postseason. Um, but yeah, and it's just, you know, they kind of came out, came out slow, came out sluggish, um, kind of like a first game of the season type of thing, you know, you know did that bye week maybe hurt us would have been better if we played last week. I don't know. That's really, you know, it's a moot, moot point now to to even talk about that because, you know, <laughs> the game is what it is. So, um, yeah, I just think that, um, yeah, it was a tough way to to end the season, especially since, it, like I said, it was the game was right there in front of them. They just had to take it. And uh, unfortunately, they they weren't able to do that. And so, uh, yeah, season ended at five and three. The Bears basically gave up 70 yards in the second half. From the end of, towards the end, probably four minutes left to go in the second quarter until the end of the game, the Bears gave up, take away the touchdown that they basically gave away on purpose. They only gave up 70 yards. I thought, I mean, let's look at some positives here. Uh, when West Branch was down 14-0 to zero toward, at, at the end of the second quarter, Minneapolis decides to go for it on fourth and down. Fourth down. I thought that was an interesting decision. That basically gave the Bears life. Talking to junior high coach Randy Sexton, those were his exact words. He said, wow, when they did that, I thought they gave us life. When you've got arguably in Drew Miller, their freshman kicker at Minneapolis, I don't know if there's going to be any better kickers around for the next three years in the state of Iowa than that kid. He's a he's a next-level kicker. You know, he, he is, he's got a, what's he got now? about 20 touchbacks and about 44 attempts. That's pretty impressive at any level in high school, whether it be 1A, 4A, four-man football, eight-man football, it doesn't matter. He hit a 62-yarder in the pregame warm-ups, Jason. With how much despair? You know um, what I mean? About maybe a half a yard. It was just barely over the crossbar, but he hit a 62-yarder. Now, that's no snap, no rush. The wind was at his back, but still, a freshman in high school hit a 62-yard field goal. 62 yards, and he's a freshman, which means what is going to happen yet for this kid? <laughs> he's only going to get better. Exactly. And he's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. He's about, for what we hit, basically, he's going to hit his physical prime as a teenager here. And about the next year, he's going to grow. He's going to get stronger, and that's only going to make him better. What a weapon that's going to be for them going down the line this year. And the next three. One stat I'm going to bring up that maybe we can look at as, okay, West Branch, how we know they were in this game, not just because the score was was close, gentlemen, but West Branch had seven drives, seven possessions inside the 45-yard line of Mediapolis or closer. And, well, I guess that was what mean would I'd say inside, but yet only comes up with 13 points. Three of those drives, they would get inside the 30. They got compounded by 10 or 15-yard penalties. 
And when you're getting down that close and getting to this point of the season, you gotta be you gotta be clean. And Mediapolis took took advantage of it. Yeah, you just you just can't make those mistakes, period. Not yeah. I mean, you know, at the last couple games of the season, you know, like, okay, well, let's get that worked out. But it's the playoffs. It's it's this could be your last game. Like you you can't make those mistakes, and especially with how detrimental some of those things can be. I mean, you you take a holding that's five, seven, ten yards behind the line of scrimmage, you know, that's a twenty yard penalty. And that's just ruins drives. And so yeah. you, you just can't do that type of stuff. And if you're, you know, you're at the, the t- close to the red zone and then you get a 20-yard holding penalty, I mean, that's a completely different looking drive. So. Changes the whole drive, yeah. changes your whole playbook. Yep. Yep. So they had that. And then another telling stat, you know how the last two or three games I, I we really focused, I brought up all the rushing first downs and things that West Branch had been doing from that portion of the offense? They had five rushing first downs last Friday night, 109 rushing yards total, which means you give credit to the guys up front, the five, six, seven guys in the box for Mediapolis. They had a game plan. They stopped the A-gaps. They made it work to a T. They forced West Branch to be almost a one-dimensional football team. One team, the one important stat again, 20 to 13. How did we get there, Matt? Yeah, so for scoring, first quarter, the Bulldogs got on the scoreboard first when Regan Thornburg completes a 24-yard pass to Logan Ty in the southeast corner of the Little Rose Bowl. Are there portalets down there, Jason? There are in the southeast and yeah. northeast corners of the Little Rose okay, Bowl. Okay, very good. Thank you. Yes. Uh, the PAT was good, so 7 nothing Bulldogs uh, middle of the first quarter. In the second quarter, Minneapolis extended their lead to 14 to nothing. Um, on the 95-yard touchdown run, and that came two plays after the Bears pinned them inside their own five. Um, you know, on first down, just uh, maybe a one-yard gain, something like that, and then boom, Isley just right down the east sideline, pretty much untouched the whole way, 95 yards. <clears throat> and things weren't looking good at that point. But, um, yeah, as you, know, as you guys talked about right there before the end of the first half, you know, maybe some momentum got back into the Bears' side just with that stop on fourth down. Um, and then in the third quarter, the Bears uh, get on the board with an eight-yard uh, pass from Gavin Hirschman to Cash Woody, who caught it between his legs. Uh, pretty unbelievable catch. Uh, there's a good photo of it on westbranchfootball.com from the West Branch Times. Um, but yeah, 14-7 to um, at that point, and, and the Bears had life, and they were playing, playing a lot better. Fourth quarter... 2.36 remaining in the game. The Bears get inside the 10, and Gavin Hirschman runs it in from five yards out for a touchdown, Chuck Long style. Uh, PAT just misses, so 14-13. to 13, Mediapolis still led at that point. Bulldogs get the ball back. Uh, West Branch tried to stop them, stop them on a fourth down conversion. They were unable to do that. So then on the uh, next play, um, you know, Bears defense just said, okay, go ahead, go. Go score. So... Let the bulldog purposely let the bulldog score just to give themselves a chance. Um, and what was even nicer about that was the PAT was missed, so it was just twenty to thirteen at that point. So last last chance for the Bears there in that final drive, but they they couldn't quite piece it together. So that is where things ended twenty to thirteen, Minneapolis. Did you guys notice not to uh, go off the rails too far, but there was a situation. I think it was Indiana Penn State where Indiana gave Penn State a touchdown on purpose so they could get the ball back. And then I think today the Lions gave a touchdown to the Falcons 
you know, as we're recording this on Sunday, so that they could get the ball back. So they were watching days, highlights on westbranch.football, I think. Yeah. <laughs> three days in a row that I've seen a game that that happens that, hey, it's just smarter. Give us, you know, we'll give you the points. It's still within a one score game, and we'll try to come back down the field and score. So <laughs> just notice that, you know, you hardly ever see that kind of situation even arise. And let alone the defense and the coaching staff say, yeah, let's do that. But to be able to turn around and say, wow, we've seen it three times in three days, that's pretty amazing. Well, and what you usually don't see also, even less, is the offense recognizing that and kneeling or purposely, right. purposefully going down to not score, to not give the ball back to the other team. <laughs> yeah. And on oddly, is, for me, is this. I mean, we'll focus on some positives and maybe some and, and some other things here i'll bring up a couple of things like i'm steven you mentioned early on you said the words and i'm trying to paraphrase i might not be exact here that there wasn't just one thing that happened that decided this football game last friday you know it, at one point it's 14 to 13 things happen but there were things before that third quarter west branch is driving fumble at the 21 yard line west branch again had three possessions uh in the uh, in inside the 35 in from the six minute mark of the third quarter and to the eight minute mark of the fourth quarter. I remember looking at it as a late at the end of the seven, you know, just in front of eight minutes of the fourth quarter to where they had penalties that negated drive that really killed drives. One of which Matt alluded to being a 19 yard holding penalty. You, it's just little things like that, that add up. They, they kill your playbook. You know, you can have an open playbook when it's first and 10 at the 19. When it's first and 24 from the 43, it's a whole, it's a completely different aspect uh, for Coach Hirschman to have, you know, to make decisions. And then I guess for me, it was uh, so, I was so neat. I'm going to focus on the, on some real good things and let you guys kind of close it up at this as well. It was neat, not just to be at the little Rose Bowl again, but it was great to see pretty much the entire West Branch crowd stuck around. Now they didn't all come on the field because the PA announcer was being an it was being mean and told them they couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but the pretty much the entire crowd for West Branch stuck around uh, to applaud for these kids when Coach Peterson was done speaking to them on the field. I can recall looking around and seeing people clapping from the stand from the southwest corner of the field all the way around to the portalettes in the northeast corner of the Little Rose Bowl. And that's just a neat and a testament to these kids. And maybe it's an appreciation for, hey, you finally got to play here again, and we were lo- we were glad to be here to watch it and support you. Well, and I think it's just also, I mean, I had touched on it and the fact that given everything that has gone on with this season, um, being able to see how these kids put that back – and. I mean, I said this was almost kind of a metaphor for the season mm-hmm. where that first quarter we were kind of stumbling out of the blocks. We were struggling a little bit and then boom, we turn it on and we played really, really, really well for the second, third, and fourth quarters. We just came up a little bit short. Same thing. You know, we played okay against Tipton. We kind of stumbled weeks two and three, but we turned it on. I mean, I think people recognize that, saw that, you know, there was no quitting these guys. Even when they were one and two at one point, when they're down 14 to nothing, you know, you're down 28 21 in the second half against Durant. 
you find a way to dig deep, and you know what? It's a good life lesson because sometimes, even though you're out there giving it your all, sometimes things don't go your way. And so, okay, now let's figure out how do we pick ourselves up off the mat. It didn't finish the way we wanted to. Seniors, we thank you so much. And it's hard because, I mean, I was right there with you guys. We didn't make the playoffs my senior year. My season, just like that, done. I mean, it's a hard feeling. Juniors, sophomores, freshmen, 7th, 8th graders, okay, you saw some of the things that happened here. What can you be doing and looking at and working on and focusing on moving forward so that when we get to this position next year, hopefully we have a regular nine-game schedule and don't have to worry about this, that, and the other thing going on. But okay, when we get to playing a Mediapolis in the playoffs, we're ready to go and we take care of business and we move on. And okay, now we're looking at some of these other things. And so I think, you know, not to get too deeply philosophical about it, but I mean, I think it is just kind of a, you know, metaphor for how this season went, but it's also some good opportunities for both the seniors that are leaving and the younger guys that are coming back to learn and grow and know how can they respond when something like this does happen. Agreed. And and what word the rest of their lives, the rest of their young lives, and as they get older, Matt, what's the one word they're going to hear more than anything else? Uh, Playoffs. Oh, wait. <laughs> one, yes, that's week, the sorry. word. One word? <laughs> one word with two letters. It's probably going to be the word they hear the most the rest of their lives. And probably up till now might be that word, too. I have no idea. No. 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 Mm. You're going to hear no a lot. Did you win? No. But, as Stephen alluded to, when you hear no, don't accept it. Don't accept the failure. Don't accept this as sorry as failure. Accept this as, hey, from here on out, I can make my own weather. Even when even when it's cloudy and rainy on the scoreboard of life, I can make my weather. I can try. I'll find a way to get out of that, to make things better for myself and, and for those around me, hopefully. So, And yes, I think the second <laughs> word they may hear the most... Well, if they're listening to the podcast, Stephen, it's definitely what? Playoffs. Playoffs. Yeah, that's, that's I think, the... At WB Bears football. Oh, that's the other one. Sorry. <laughs> that's at WB Bears. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was the final 20 to 13. As we've said before, Mediapolis, the Bulldogs, congratulations. Best wishes to you guys going forward. Before we talk about how... Sorry. Before we talk about what that means going forward for Mediapolis and perhaps some other teams that have been on West Branch's schedule. How about we hear from one of our sponsors, Corridor Drywall. If you need to spruce up your home, or if you are building something new, turn to Corridor Drywall to make the project look great. Locally owned and operated by Dan Buell, Corridor Drywall offers quality work at an affordable price. Call them for advice on your next drywall project at 319 319- Three five four nine two five five. Corridor Drywall, proud supporters of the West Branch Bears. I alluded to other teams on the West Branch schedule, and there were many, many teams on the West Branch schedule. Of the seven opponents they played, six of them were still in action last Friday night in the second round of the postseason. Matt, what were some of those scores of interest to West Branch? Sure. So starting with some uh, district opponents, Beckman defeated Durant 19-14. to 
and Denver defeated Cascade 21-19. to uh, Some uh, class, uh, the Bears two class 2A opponents, lots of twos there. Uh, Tipton, a, yeah. Tipton defeated Mid Prairie 18-15. to And West Liberty uh, defeated Mount Vernon 26-20 to in overtime. So a couple uh, shockers there. Amazing. It's uh, it, that was uh, talk about low scoring and close scoring. It's almost like the nineteen eighteen scores on almost every single one of those. That all the scores throw the West Branch twenty to thirteen, and all your scores are within about a fourteen point box for five games. It that's uh, that's some pretty well contested football, and as it should be as you get going later on. I think Matt wants to talk a little bit. He put it on our schedule here. We're going to bring up the class one A. Round of 16. Well, the playoffs now have officially begun. If you lose from here on out, you do get a banner for your gym. Eight games remain. Play Games of interest for West Branch. I guess, well, if, if you're going to keep track of teams that you've lost to. Mediapolis, of course, still alive. They are going to travel to Waterloo to play Waterloo Columbus, a district champion up there who is now 7-1 and one on the season in, in a... I think if you look at statistically and you watch a little bit of film on Waterloo, boy, easy for you to say, Waterloo Columbus, uh, it's going to be, boy, it's it's a game of I, two teams that have an identity and they don't stray away from it. And when if they don't, they're successful. When they stray away from what their offenses are trying to do, that's when they struggle a little bit. It's going to... I think that's going to be a very well-played, I think, close football game, similar maybe to the scores that we heard in uh, round two. Got any thoughts on that one, guys? Best of luck to the Bulldogs. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't really seen – I didn't have a chance to watch much of Waterloo-Columbus, so I don't know a lot about them. But, um, I mean, you're to the point now, like we said. I mean, you've got 16 teams left, and so you know the cream is starting to rise to the top, and these should all be some really good games. Um I think one of the interesting aspects of everybody getting in, I mean, I saw um, Cody Goodwin, who writes for the Des Moines Register, and he was kind of grumbling like, yeah, there was so many just blowout games in these first two rounds, and let's make sure that we don't expand the playoffs. And he understood the reasoning behind it this year. But Mm -hmm. I think one of the good things is, you know, sometimes with the 16 teams, maybe you'll see a District 1 and a 2 that get in, and maybe you've got a third or a fourth team from a district that could play pretty well and make some noise. I mean, we had three teams that made it through into that next round. The two that lost, lost to teams in our district. And so um, I think you're seeing the 16 best teams just because they've been able to play some games. And, you know, maybe a Mediapolis would have got matched up a little bit differently had it been in the round of 16 that everything came together. Whereas, they were able to come play us and, you know, took care of business. So, um, yeah, I think these should all be some really fun matchups to keep an eye on. And I think, Matt, we talked, we tried to figure out some things last week on the podcast of who might play where. If you look at the round, the second round pods, when they came out with it, it almost went one through four, five through eight, nine through 12 and 13 through 16. Other than one switch, the only thing different that wasn't uh, wasn't that didn't go that way, I believe, was the four number four pod number four was Southeast Valley. I believe won that one. They now are in the pod with the 
you know, five, six, seven, eight teams, and somebody else is in the other pod. Well, you got to look at geography a little bit here too. I saw something to where if you look at these games, I looked at the looked at the distance traveling. The two longest traveling distances of all the quarterfinal games coming up. Which games do you think those are? Probably Pod D in Class One A. Yeah, exactly. It, it is in One A, Minneapolis to Columbus Waterloo, Columbus Catholic. I can say it this time. A little over two hours, about two ten, and Sigourney to Dyersville or Dyersville, sorry, to Sigourney. I guess either way, it's a little over two hours. If you go by the Google Maps, you know which I did there. They are the only two games, only games in Class One A with over two hour travel time expected. Yeah, and I think and the all, Denver to Southeast Valley is uh is a while too. It's it's a close one as well. Or not a, sorry, not a close one as well. Yeah, that but, one's two hours. So you, yeah. yeah, you look at the east side of the state, they have the longest drives. So, but hey, I'd love to have a two hour drive about this time next Friday. It would be great. I mean we'd still be playing football and West Branch would still be on the field, but that's the way it goes sometimes. But all the best of these teams going forward. I guess for the fun of it, I'll uh, go ahead and give some. I'll give my prediction. I'll say OABCIG comes out of Pod A. I'll say South Central Calhoun. Why not out of Pod B? Van Meter out of Pod C, and Sigourney Kyoto out of Pod D. I think you'll see the Cobras of Sigourney play um, South Central. Or excuse me, they'll play Van Meter. In the semis and OABCI, yeah, OABCIG versus South Central Calhoun in the other one, and then I think BCIG whatever, uh, maybe you'll play. I I won't. The other one will be a good one. It, you know, Van Meter or Sigourney. I like Coach Jensen's a great guy down there at Sigourney. So you know, let's see them in the title game. Why not? But man, I would just love to see that. Just for you talk about matchups, you've got you know. Battle Creek Ida Grove that just chucks the ball all over the place. I can't think of the quarterback's name that's an Iowa recruit. I mean, they're just Cooper Dijon. Yeah, Dijon. I mean, and he runs it himself too. I mean, yeah. he's over a thousand yards rushing too. But so. I mean, they are not afraid to chuck it up. And then you've got just the typical Sigourney team of we're just going to run it down your throat with uh, Siren and you know. So that would, well, yeah. mm-hmm. that would be a fun matchup. That would be fun. And the kid you mentioned, Dijon again. Is he's like a duct tape guy. That guy never leaves the field. Ever. He returns punts. He returns kicks. He does he punts. He kicks. He quarter he I think he sells popcorn <laughs> when there's a four minute timeout break. He goes up there, washes his hands real quick, sells hot dogs and popcorn. If he gets to Iowa in one piece next year, it'll be an impressive thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> he never leaves the field. So he's kind of the meal ticket. But yeah, it'll be fun to watch down the way as it goes on. It's too bad West Branch is not in the conversation, but that's the way it goes. It's been a fun year. Been a fun year. Well, let's be, talk about a few more things, maybe uh, getting into 2021. But before we do that, before we clean up the podcast, let's talk about <laughs> and hear from EMS Detergent Services. EMS Detergent Services has been providing janitorial supplies to businesses across the Midwest for over 50 years. Based in North Liberty, EMS uses products made right here in Iowa and offers exceptional and affordable services for their clients. Learn more at emsdetergentservices.com. Julie and Dan Hayes at EMS Detergent Services, proud supporters of the West Branch Bears. 
Matt's got three things here for us to discuss, Stephen. The first one, reclassification and new districts. I think maybe for the first time since the late 90s, I think you have a better than puncher's chance of West Branch moving up to Class 2A next year. Mm, I'll disagree with that one. <laughs> I think that uh, I just did. I, I'm just throwing it out there for discussion. Yeah. Do I need to take Mean. the under? We're going, <laughs> yeah, take going the down under to eight. <laughs> yeah, go down to eight man. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think we'll see that either. I think you know I haven't looked specifically, but I'm pretty sure that we're kind of you know middle of the pack or top half of the one A schools for enrollment. So unless you see some major changes at some of these other schools, I don't foresee us getting that big that fast. Now. In two years or four years, you know, with some of the planned developments that are going on, depending on what we see for families moving in, I could see that maybe being the case. But I think for next year, um, I think we're still going to be in Class 1A. I think we could see Regina pop back up to Class 1A. Um, They were down to Class A for this year. It's very interesting that, you know, since the state has gone to districts back in, what, 1991 or 92, whatever it was, 92, yes. 92. They've gone on two-year cycles. It's been, you get, you know, you're in District 5, and you play this schedule, then you play the inverse next year. You know, you've played them at home this year, you play on the road next year. And this year, I think it was even before the COVID stuff, wasn't it? Or was it part of the COVID stuff? That part they of said, the COVID stuff, Okay. Yeah. So they said they were just going to do that for one year no, it was before with the classifications. That. It was before. Yeah, that's it what was. I thought. It was because, yeah, yeah, it's oh, wow. because they were trying to have a more... Uh, more competition in class 4a yeah and so they were gonna at least for for 20 into 20 20 and 21 they were going to um Let's do see. the classifications every every two years or every year intrigued intrigued to see how that goes now uh resident west branch uh beds count enrollment professional uh west <laughs> rich stout, rich stout yeah. thinks that west branch is going to be 2a next year we'll see if he's right He's pretty good at these numbers. That's yeah. that's the only reason I brought it up for discussion. We should have had him on on the podcast. I <laughs> doubt he would have done it. He's pretty outspoken. We, we so. might have ran out of tape. <laughs> we might have. Yeah. Uh, new. Well, there'll be new districts next year. I'm sure West Branch will somehow go back to Doug Jackson Field one way or the other. Well, I'd, I'd love to. Yeah, we love that up there. But yeah, we should. I mean, if the state kind of sticks to the schedule that they've had for you know as long as I can remember. You can probably expect that late January, early February, kind of somewhere in that time frame. And then within the month after that, a new schedule will come out. Hopefully that will include A, football being played, and B, nine games before the before actually having playoffs, where there's no, no disruption of 0-7 teams or 0-5 teams getting in. No offense. I know some coaches are of the will. Every other sport gets postseason. Well, the difference with every other sport for me is this. It's not as physical as football. After nine games of getting, if your team is just say having a bad year and you're getting beat up by 50, 60 points every Friday night, you you're don't, ready to, yeah, you don't want to, you play don't want to play a 10th game <laughs> no. because you're going to get beat up 70 to nothing again in the play. We made the playoffs. Awesome. Here's my medal. You know, well, what happened to you guys? Well, we got beat 70 to nothing. For me, that's that's where I think the football argument ends. They always have had the best teams have got in. Do you see this as the year, and I know that there's been talk in the past, of possibly expanding a little bit, though? Maybe go back to an eight-game schedule 
and do, I mean, 24 teams or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I think you know. last year at the Football Coaches Association, Iowa Football Coaches Association meeting, I wanted to make sure I got IFCA in there, that that was one of the more popular opinions of the coaches at the meeting I was at in Williamsburg last spring uh, was how about we try, you know, maybe not, you know, there were obviously there's a small ration for 32 guys, 32 teams, fellas. But I think there were far more people that said, well, if we're not going to do 16, let's try to get a few more in 24. And then that would go with you, Stephen, saying, yeah, maybe play eight games. And then the other, the eight teams who weren't, you know, district champs and district runners up, you got that RPI, take the next best eight teams, let them play. Plans. Plans like to take the next best RPI team from eight districts and they play a cross district game. And then the state sets up the 16 team playoff system. I don't know. For me, that would be great. You would get extra teams. Kind of like we saw this year. Is it, you know, beneficial to have that by week in week nine if you are yeah. top two in your district? That's the I mean. argument. Because <laughs> I think maybe that played a role for West Branch and prep. You know, I don't know. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Well, we'll, we'll I, find out early next year. We will find out in March or February or March, somewhere in that vicinity. The 2021 season over opener is uh, on or around August the 27th of 2021. It's always been the last Friday in August. Yep. Looking at August 27th. Mm-hmm. To, I mean, that's just around the corner. If you think about it. <laughs> You're looking at 10 months, man, if it goes by. It goes, yeah, pretty quick. We we thought the nine-week high school football season went by quick. 10 yeah. months usually go by, goes by pretty quick, too. When was the last time West Branch played eight regular season games, guys? Uh, maybe when, ironically, Van Buren had to forfeit. That's the one, 2010. Yeah. How about before that, just for fun? 89. Exactly. State championship season. That is that is correct. Back when they used to only play eight games and then you'd make the playoffs. I'll be curious too. I mean, you say, Jay Bird, that would be eight district games. I mean, you're, you're saying eight districts. Yep. So that would be seven district games. So does that mean that we would just have one non-district game then? That would be, that's kind of was a discussion. Now, obviously this is just an idea. It's right. in you know, written in stone, but I think it can gain some speed. I think it might gain speed. I'm just curious, you know, depending on how things shake out, you know, what's that non-district game look like? You know, exactly. do we, you know, do we still get a West Liberty or a Tipton if they're both in 2A? You know, which one do we pick? How do we choose two of our longtime rivals that we love playing every year? Yeah. You know, or could they possibly just for a fun idea? See what you think about this. Look at, look at what happened in 2020. Once they make the districts, do a cross-district game for the first week of, okay, last year they won their district, that team won their district. Have them play in the first round. Maybe it comes down to that when it gets down to an RPI, they're like, oh, well, these two teams are going to play. You know, We could make it. We'll know who the home team is. I don't know. Just something funky. Yeah. But, so you So just to extrapolate that a little bit, you're saying – potentially match up our district from this year with Mediapolis and Signorini's district. So, sure. you know, we would play either Signorini or Mediapolis. Sure. Beckman would play the other one. Cascade would play, I think Cardinal was third in that district. Yeah. 
Durant would play whoever was fourth, you know, just yeah. something like that. Is that what you're kinda saying? Kind of like a, yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Okay. And then there, then you wouldn't have to struggle with, hey, well, we wanted to play them. No, we wanted to play them. Well, we only get one game. They can only yeah. play one game. The state doesn't have to figure things out very much that way. I don't know. It'd be an easy one. It would I mean, it'd be an easy way to do it. Not saying that's ever been discussed. Right. I'm just throwing an idea for fun. Hey, we're just here to talk. You know, <laughs> yeah, no, in most cases, not- we're talking bear football. Right here but, on westbranchfootball.com. Yes. <laughs> but we like to throw some other ideas out there because it includes yeah. West Branch football. It does. So, and, um, and obviously, we, we, the disclaimer is we're talking about things. That doesn't mean the state of Iowa, is, you know, the athletic association. They don't give a rip about what we say. They, they aren't listening to it. They don't care. That's the Talking Bear Football podcast. Yeah. What, who are we? On westbranch.football. Right. On westbranch.football. Well, I can tell you what we aren't. We aren't even going to be around with the podcast or the webcast or anything else on the website, if not for our wonderful sponsors. And Matt, who are those people that make all these wonderful things possible for all these kids, all the memories that, well, I guess we're hoping to make for that kids can have, well, forever. Yeah, we really want to thank uh, all of our sponsors for the 2020 season. You know, like Jason said, we literally could not do it. Um, without their without their generosity and support. So yeah, big thank you to Barnhart's Custom Services, Cornerstone Real Estate Consultants, Corridor Drywall, EMS Detergent Services, Fidelity Bank and Trust, member FDIC, Full Wider Insurance <laughs> Agency, Hodge Construction, the Hoover Presidential Foundation, Liberty Communications, Main Street Suites, Urban Acres Real Estate, specifically Marcy Billiard with them, Touched by Power, and West Branch Times. And I mentioned Hoover Presidential Foundation, you know, and you talked about BearCast. I uh, just wanted to mention it here, but um, in case people weren't listening to the BearCast last night, but or on Friday night, but um, Friday night was uh, Friday night's BearCast was Jerry Flagel's last as sideline Jerry. Uh, he's uh, hanging the microphone up um, this after this season and uh, just uh, kind of spend more time with his family. Um, he's got grandkids coming up and wants to wants to spend the Friday nights and stuff with them. So um, we can't uh, argue with that. And we, we're going to miss Jerry and really appreciate all of his, uh, his dedication for the last, I think it's five or six years, something like that, that yeah. he's been sidelined Jerry and just invaluable member of the Bearcast team. Uh, really great. And um, yeah, going to miss him quite a bit. And I know he'll be back here and there, maybe for some fill-in and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, just big thank you to, to Jerry Flagle. Yeah. I just, want to add to that i mean it's one of those when i was working at the radio station we never had a sideline guy i actually did sideline like one or two times before i started doing play-by-play and i mean it's just one of those that it adds another element i mean the fact that he's down there he can give us a different vantage point you know he's hey that ball was coming right at me and yeah there was clearly a push off there that the referee missed or Something like that. Or, hey, that was an amazing catch that you guys couldn't see because it was over here in the corner. But then also, you know, being able to talk to Coach Hirschman at halftime and get some thoughts on, you know, I'm thinking Friday night against Meepo. He comes in and says, hey, you know what? There's some things that we shot ourselves in the foot. There's some things that we can do well. So, you know, we're telling these guys just get after it here in the second half. And, you know, those are some of those insights that when you're stuck up in the booth, it's hard to get. And Jerry's just so professional about it, just does a great job, but he has a lot of fun with it. 
I know that the hardest thing for him was giving up the foods of the district because it was, I mean, such a chore for him to have to go to the concession stand and get food and eat it so that he could talk about it on air. But um, no, it it's was a rough job. You know, it's great to have him. Um, definitely going to miss him, but definitely understand, you know, with the grandkids coming to town and wanting to see him, they live up in the Des Moines area. So, uh, you know, hey, it's a way to uh, stay close to the family. It's hard to give up, especially, you know, this year. We had six weeks in a row that we were driving anywhere from 30 to 90 minutes away, and then you get done with the game at 10 o'clock at night and come 30 to 90 minutes back home, so you're not getting home till midnight. So um, big thank you to Jerry for everything, um, both on the broadcast, but also, you know, he drove the Bearcast Mobile for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. He was phenomenal at scouting out places where we could get food on the way home. So whether that was just knowing where Casey's was, Mm -hmm. knowing if there was a good restaurant. I mean, at Dyersville Beckman, we had a listener who wants to remain anonymous that bought supper for us at a restaurant that was right across the street from the stadium. So, um, you know, he had some good connections. So (laughs) we greatly appreciate everything that he was able to do and bring for the Bearcast. And I think it helps uh, contribute a little bit to these kids because, you know, he's doing our postgame interviews you know, getting a Kelby burger out there and, you know, talking about him being a holder and doing some of these things or, you know, getting an Andy Henson a couple of times this year. And the first time didn't really get a whole lot out of Andy and you saw him grow a little bit from that first interview to the second one. And so, um, and then of course, you know, hearing from coach Peterson and getting his thoughts on the game. And sometimes like Friday night, it's an emotional thing. You know, coach is heartbroken that this season came to an end, just like the rest of us were. But Jerry's still right there asking him some questions and hearing from Coach. And Coach has given us his thoughts on you know, what he saw and what needed to happen and what could be happening in the future. So, Yeah. In the old, I'll take it this way, and then we'll uh, close things up. With Jerry Flagle, it, it, seeing him uh, on the sidelines and now saying goodbye is uh, – I'm trying not to get a great deal emotional about this, but, you know, Stephen, you're the voice of the Bears now. Jerry was the voice of the Bears when I was 9, 10 years old. Yeah, he was the original voice he of the Bears. He was the original voice of the Bears talking over uh, the film in the press box when Marv Cook was playing. And I can hear still hear calls when Ryan Burton was playing and running the football in 85 and 86 and... And we did a video. I, I don't even know where this video is now. Talking about the hist- a little bit of the history of West Branch football. I filmed walking with a camera on my shoulder with a cast on. Uh, vid talking about horse uh, drawn plows, chopping up the little Rose Bowl uh, for the Hoover presidential inauguration, and uh, that's how it became the little Rose Bowl and. And then filming Jerry talking with uh, Coach Peterson, whose hair still looks the same, uh, <laughs> thirty-five years later. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Jerry's does. Jerry has a little bit less of an afro perm yeah. than he used to, but just uh, knowing that he came back to West Branch and you know, from a very selfish perspective, it's hard to see him go, but that I got to see a guy that was a memory of my West Branch football youth back at it again, doing something that he really enjoyed that the people enjoyed hearing from him. 
was it's a it's it's going to be tough to see him go, but man, life is so much more important than football and yeah. and, and the things that happen on a gridiron. I have to say, um, I treasure it. I've got it hanging on my refrigerator. Um, we've got it hanging in our mm-hmm. booth as well. There's a picture that we took a couple of years ago, and it's got Jerry, Wayne Lang, Quinny, and me, who are the four voices of the Bears, and you know, <laughs> four horses of the apocalypse. I just, I feel honored yeah. <laughs> to be able to say that I'm there. Just, I mean, yes. Twenty five years ago, when I was just starting my career as a West Branch football player. You know, I can remember Holy Toledo from Wayne every time we were watching film. <laughs> he could go! <laughs> but, you know, never did I imagine that I would be able to have the opportunity to do something like this. And, you know, to be able to be there with those guys that, you know, I think that's part of what has contributed to the development and the continued success of this program. Because, you know, even in those early days, you know, it was just, hey, we start when the play starts. We stop the camera when the play stops. You just talk about the play. You know, we are not doing the full, full broadcast, but still that gets pieced together and put onto West Branch Public Access. So people that couldn't make it to the game on a Friday night can sit there and watch it and say, oh, hey, yeah, I that's cool. You know, we're connected. And, you know, that's how you get the community involvement and get a program to really start to take off. And that was yeah. it's one of the keys that Coach Peterson has done. And Jerry Flagel was one of the big parts of that that really helped yeah. get that started. And now we're working on continuing that with a lot of the stuff that we're doing. Everybody, pretty much everybody in West Branch in the 80s, when cable television began to make its way into households in the 1980s, uh, tuned in right at 12 o'clock to hear, to watch the replay of the game and the emeritus voice of the Bears, Jerry Flagel. As the guy you got to hear in your ear describing what happened on the field. Jerry, thank you. Thank you very much. Dedicated Bear fan. The sideline, Jerry. The emeritus sideline guy now. He'll yeah. always be he'll always be the sideline reporter for us. So So, so just to know, um, we've had a few people reach out to us that have said, you know, I would really love to do that. So um that's something we're gonna keep. It's going to be hard to replace Sideline Jerry, but you know we've got some things in the works that we're going to try to put together so that hopefully next year at the BearCast, we don't miss a beat. We still have somebody that loves to eat uh, some steak sandwiches, even though I've got to buy them for Quinny for four more years. But uh, um, yeah, we'll, we'll take off from there and make it uh, just continuing on. And if you want to hear more of these stories... These inside stories that you're not getting at all, <laughs> sitting in the stands of 48 minutes of a football game. If you're not listening to the podcast, why not? If you're not following West Branch on this thing called the internet, West Branch football, why not? Well, if you want to, now, if you're hearing this, you're like, well, how can I do it? And where can I do it? Guess what? Even though the season is over, there are things that are still going to happen. There are postseason accolades that are coming, going to happen. There may or may not be an awards banquet that we're going to discuss on the website and which will obviously be connected to all the social media outlets that Steven's going to tell you about right now. Well, you can log on to twitter.com and I think I mentioned it earlier, but you can search for and follow at WB bears football, go on to Instagram. And that is also at WB bears football, Facebook. You can just search West branch football and a lot of different videos, posts, great information is posted up on all three of those. We've got our YouTube channel, um, the highlights. I, 
I haven't brought myself to watch him from this week. I need to get on and do that. Um, just because it's always hard well, we knowing the yeah, results. We won't spoil the lead for you then. But uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, go go look at those because Matt puts a lot of work into that. He does. Um, it's just, it's amazing. I mean, we've said it before. We've had college coaches that have talked to our coaches at camps in the summer, and they say, holy cow, how do you guys get all that stuff on the website? That's just, that's better than anything we could even dream about. And so... Matt, thank you. I know that sometimes you get uh, overlooked a little bit, but uh, that's a labor of love for you. And um, it's just amazing being able to see those things and get everything out here and available for the fans and the players and the coaches and everybody else. So uh, on the YouTube channel, it's there. And like we've said before with the podcast, um, we'll probably have something come late January, early February when we hear about the classifications and the districts and talk about what that means. Whenever we hear what the schedules are, sometime you know spring ish, and then uh, as we get closer to the season, we'll start talking about the 2021 version of the Bears, and uh, it's all here at the uh, podcast. You can subscribe to it, like it, follow it, whatever it is that you need to do with Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any other podcast player of your choice. Just search Talking Bear Football, and uh, you can get all the great information from there. All right, Bear fans. Uh, before we go, uh, I think we'd be remiss and we wouldn't be doing a service to West Branch football if we didn't say thank you to to one person and then a few others. We've said thank you to Matt and Jerry. I want to say thank you to Stephen and Mike Quinlan for being in your ears. For those of you that can't make it to the be it physically or because of just limitations uh, didn't want to get out this year because of uh, possible COVID complications or don't live in the state of Iowa or nearby to where you can drive the to games or the country for that matter that you can just get to a game on Friday. Uh, I want to say thanks to uh, Steven for his voice for Mike Quinlan for the color uh, for all the video that you're seeing at home. I want to, we want to say thank you to Dan Hayes. For getting back into the fold. Want to say thank you to Matt Chenander, I believe, for filming on the road. Is that correct, Matt? Yep. We want to say thank you uh, to the scoreboard personnel, uh, Mike Westcott. He's new to town. If you haven't met him, say <laughs> hi to him. I've heard about and him. Steve, yeah, and Steve Cabla. For, uh, they were there this year for two varsity games and yeah. all the JV games. And Ron Ewald, my right-hand man up there in the press box as well. Uh, for getting everything set up with officials and lineups and anything else uh, that that's going on. And certainly one more, I want to single out this guy is we had two home games official one on the road. And then we've already talked about, you know, we've chronicled what happened with the McQuoket Valley game, but man, Jake Stenberg above and beyond this year. Oh yeah. Great job. And uh, we, we, yeah, I mean, we wouldn't trade you for anybody. Sorry, Gary Barty, you make you might make four hundred <laughs> grand, but we're not trading you. No, no chance. And and heck, we we want Jake Stenberg. Hopefully, sticks around for a while. But then also, guys, I think we should say thank you. And from a West Branch football perspective, uh, to the twelve kids that no longer get to wear that jersey uh, on a Friday night as a member of the football team, but you're all once a bear, you're always a bear. 
I'll read through them here. Um, 12 seniors on this team that, uh, again, just great kids. I've got to know them uh, over the years and just um, really appreciate them letting us in uh, for Tuesday practices and some of the other things with the team. But uh, Kelby Berger, Gavin Hirschman, Simon Palmer, Dominic Culver, Caleb Sexton, Kale Federlin, Morgan Hartz, Matt Westcott, Trey Schutte, Jeff Bowie, Dylan Butler, the Bulldog, and Jack Buell. The Bulldog. The Bulldog. Yeah. So take go listen to his interview. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a great Player one. Player profile. Simon, yeah. Simon Palmer. Don't think we're, it, we it's not it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> intentional. It just was a product of where the schedule went. Yeah. It was timing. You were next. And don't you worry. If if, if and when there is a banquet. We're gonna get an interview done. <laughs> well, we've May got the video. We've got the interviews for the highlight film. Yeah, we do, and we're gonna get you. Don't you worry. You didn't. You didn't uh, skate by. Yeah, like Tyler <laughs> Bailey. It's yeah, it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna happen soon. Speaking of highlight film, I'm sure Matt uh, will be doing some things behind helping out with that, and Stephen as well. But Matt will get that all rolled out hopefully before Christmas this year. So you've got, and Matt's got some new ideas that. We won't talk about quite yet because we're still trying to shore up the final plan of how we're going to deliver that product to you. But I can guarantee you there's not going to be anything but our love and our heart, uh, our love for West Branch football going into it to try to make it the best memory that we can for those seniors and anybody else who was a part of it this year. Guys, that's that's it. That's as far as on the field 2020 has officially come to an end for the West Branch football bears. It was a fun season. There were some really big highlights, some interesting side stories, and uh, a lot of good football played. Amen. Yeah. Um, Sad to see it end. Yeah, I, I hear it sticks in the background in my head, but we can't play it. Don't let it end. It's in, in the back of my head. But <laughs> don't let it end this way. Unfortunately, it did. But, well, congrats on a winning season, which is Seems like it always happens at West Branch. Coach Peterson is amazingly, unfortunately, his 400th game coaching as a as a West Branch football head coach was on Friday night against Minneapolis. Think about that. He has been the head coach for 400 games at West Branch, not consecutive, because John Hirschman <laughs> took a one game, took over for one game. <laughs> He's one and zero. He may have the best winning percentage in West Branch football history, yeah. but 400 games. Think about how many kids, including these 12 seniors, that Coach Peterson has has been their head coach. Generations, three generations of football players. That's crazy. So we come back to you next year. We'll, as Steven said, probably come back in February to talk about what the state decides for the 2021 season as it pertains to districts. And hopefully we'll get some fun matchups, as I know we will. And hopefully we don't have to travel to the Los Hills next year this year i liked our schedule for road trips this year put us back on that one guys maybe not six in a row though right. huh? yeah yeah <laughs> all right get well, six in Steve, a row at home since we went there last year for all of them <laughs> i'm all for it i'm all for that let's let's make that happen i'm sure it'll go over really well there in boom mm -hmm. but for Stephen grace thank you matt i thank you and i'm jason miller we thank you for listening to the talking bear football podcast right here on westbranch.football until next year Take care, everyone.